welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on films that are out of date, out of fashion, old fashioned, or underwater, as today's case may be. I am your host, as per usual, James Eldred, and I have a, a new guest with me today. Who is joining me today? I'm Diana Goodman from 302010, and um, I want to put on an aqua ballet. Who doesn't, man? Uh, Diana, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, those who are listening to this podcast, so if if, if you want to hear more, me and Diana and other people, uh, yeah, yeah, Michael, <laughs> some other schmucks, yeah. Others, yeah. who cares? Uh, Michael and Diamond, you should check out uh, Retronauts. I think that episode is going public the same week this episode goes online of uh, us talking about The Warriors, one of my all-time favorite movies ever, all time. Uh, yeah. I was I was telling Diana I'm very proud that that is even, I, as far as I know the very first episode of uh, Retronauts to get a content warning. So um, we, we did it. We did it. Woo! <laughs> We're obscene. Anyway, uh, I don't think this episode will merit a content warning. Um, oh, <laughs> it's you never so know. Weird. I don't know. There's but, probably going to be some point where I start yelling. Uh, angry feminist swear. tropes at things so oh, yeah yeah, well, uh, yeah. And, yeah and, and i have complaints it, oh no me too but it's still a good movie but today we are talking about million dollar mermaid from 1952 <laughs> i was like what's the opposite of the warriors i know <laughs> uh million dollar mermaid starring esther williams as annette kellerman a famous swimmer playing a famous swimmer it's a nesting doll of swimmers and uh one of I guess I. How do you say? One of the weirdest musicals, in my opinion. One of, how would yeah. you, how would you, yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to, like Esther Williams's movies, like in general, are really weird. Just it, but the thing that I love about her is it just proves like the power of the studio system of like, are you vaguely attractive? Are you kind of good at a thing? All right, we can basically put you through a studio school and pop you out a movie star at the end of it, and we'll put you yeah. in a bunch of movies, and people will love it. Just any yeah. schmuck off the street, pretty much. We'll clean you up. We give you addiction lessons. And now we come <laughs> up with a bunch of excuses to put you in a bathing suit and build a musical around it. You know, I got into an argument on Twitter, because I'm smart, uh, a while back <laughs> about, about um, some people were saying it wasn't a simpler time before. You would you just didn't know as much. Then And, mm. you know, that there's truth to that in terms of, like, social justice and, and, and political issues. But... I'm going to say the fact that someone could be famous could be one of the top 10 highest grossing movie stars in the world because they swam good <laughs> and yeah. was pretty. I think that's a sign of a simpler time. And the fact that somebody could be famous even before that, just for swimming in a bathing suit that was yeah. <laughs> moderately less unrevealing <laughs> than the other swimsuits at the time. That was actually something time. you could kind of swim in and yes. was not like if soaking wet, it's at least 15 pounds and now you put yourself in danger. Yes. 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 But, <laughs> yeah, we are talking about two people again, uh, Esther Williams and the characters he plays in this film, Annette Kellerman. I, usually when I go through these movies, I like to start with the crew and then go to the cast, but this is a this is this movie is Esther Williams. <laughs> oh yeah, this is. And, I mean, if I had to pick one single, I've seen a couple of these. But if I had to pick one, this is definitely the Esther Williams yes. movie. And then, I mean, she she called her autobiography "Million Dollar Mermaid" in the end. 
I think it's hilarious that she called her autobiography, she named her autobiography after a biopic of somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good point. (laughs) Yeah, she's playing Annette Kellerman, and I'm not going to go too much into her because if you want to know more about Annette Kellerman, there's a movie about her. Um, it's this, and <laughs> and it's, it's full also, of lies, just made up shit li- and lies. It's also also yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just lies. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's all lies. it is. It's just, like they get a couple things right. Technically, yes, she was Australian. Not that you know it from watching this. <laughs> Nobody's got accents. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate the lack of caring. <laughs> yeah, they. Like, they I, just don't. I just like yeah we we could we could fake it but or we could just not do it yeah and hey let's do that and but if you want to learn more about Annette Kellerman from her wiki there are links of like I forgot the website name that it's it's an Australian film website and it just has dozens of videos and Ooh. dozens of essays about Annette Kellerman oh yeah the National Film and Sound Archive and nice. of Australia. That's and if impressive, you want to, because I think a lot of her films are lost. Yeah, they're, most of her films are lost, unfortunately, because yeah. she was a silent film star and a and like a vaudeville a vaudeville person. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> vaudeville, yeah, vaudevillian is a hard Vaud- word. <laughs> you know, I grew up, I grew up with a with a debilitating stutter and speech impediment, and sometimes it comes back. Anyway, yeah, a, a lot of her films are lost, but she was like a champion swimmer, uh, underwater ballerina vaudeville entertainer all these things a businesswoman with a with a swimsuits you know mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a big deal in like the 1910s yeah <laughs> and she's a fascinating person there's a shame there is not a more realistic movie about her life but i'm happy <laughs> with the one we got before we even start about discussing million dollar mermaid what do you think of the film um well, picked, we, we, we debated a few movies and then we settled on this one. Yeah, and well, I think you were just so enthused that, oh, my God, someone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, this is me. Because yeah, Esther Williams movies like, OK, MGM classic musicals. There's a lot of them and some mm-hmm. are, are kind of disposable. And then you get something like this was just it's so weird that it stands out. And my my original knowledge of this movie came from watching uh, That's Entertainment. Me which too. There are three editions of where it's just uh, you know before there was YouTube, like there's just here. Let's just put together the best musical numbers from a bunch <laughs> of old movies and repackage them, and then you could just watch the good parts, and you don't have to bother with the like plot. Here's just yeah. some numbers, and they have like the big number from this, and it's just like, what is this supposed to take place on a stage at a theater? This I, is insane. You know- yeah, I discovered this film the same way because uh, during the lockdown, my boyfriend and I first got way into Doris Day movies, and nice. yo yo, and <laughs> then uh, and and that led us down a, a musical rabbit hole a little bit because he's in a, he's in a few old Technicolor musicals, not many, but that got us into musicals, and we were like, we didn't, but we did, we don't even know the big ones, so I was like, we should watch That's Entertainment because yeah. I better don't tell us what to watch. Yeah, and it's a sampling then, platter. Exactly. Yeah, yes. And then we got to that scene in the movie. That we got to the uh, uh, Esther Williams montage. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a. Fi- I would. I went to film school. <laughs> I worked in a video store for forever. I've worked in home video distribution the majority of my adult life, uh, and minor life. <laughs> um, I had never heard of these films, and I was like. 
fuck the Avengers. This is spectacle. <laughs> and so I immediately wanted to watch it, but it was not available on HD anywhere. Mm-mm. And then like a, a, hilariously, a week after we watched That's Entertainment, it got announced on Blu-ray. All right. So I was like, fuck yes, we're watching the shit out of this movie. And I put it in and it's not the greatest movie ever made. It's a little slow. Mm-hmm. It is. It has part, some parts of AIDS badly, a couple parts of AIDS terribly, but the spectacle of it and <laughs> the the just the hey, they really don't make them like this anymore. No <laughs> aspect of it. No, it really it it is. They had there were a lot of like really great special films that came out of you know this the studio era from like the 30s to like the mid 60s. Is kind of what we think of as classic Hollywood. And there's some wonderful, so many movies. And then there's also like a lot of just formulaic crap because it was a (laughs) factory. And so they've taken this woman's life, which was really interesting, and and they crammed it into a pretty basic act structure, regardless of whether any of this is true. And then, yeah, just throw some musical numbers in. Yeah. But it's also it's in beautiful Technicolor. Oh my god, it's gorgeous! I, it, yeah. yeah, so it's like even when nothing's happening, you're just like, "Damn, that's a nice house." Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, this and the costumes are wonderful. Warning: This is the gayest I'm gonna be on my podcast in a very long time. Uh, <laughs> everybody, who I usually talk about like you know weird, grimy movies and and darker stuff, but no, this is this movie's fabulous. Because <laughs> oh, it's, it's so campy. Oh, it's the most. Well, it's Bubsy Berkeley. We'll, we'll get to him. Yeah. But we should talk about Esther. Let's talk about Esther first. So you've seen. I, this, I'm going to be honest. This is the only Esther Williams film I've seen because okay. this is the only Esther Williams musical that's available in HD. And oh, by wow. the way, if you all want to watch this, it is on Amazon. You have to pay to rent it, and it's an SD. If you do want to watch it in HD, there is a Warner Archive Blu-ray, which has an amazing transfer. And if you have any interest at all in classic musicals, it's worth 20 bucks. I mean, in my opinion, it's because it's just so it's you you ain't never going to see anything like it. (laughs) But what other Esther Williams films have you seen? Uh, I know I've seen Neptune's Daughter, which is probably the okay. second most famous movie. Um, yeah. That she swims in, yeah. <laughs> that she swims in. Yeah, and she had, like, eventually she sort of moved into stuff where, uh, I want to be taken seriously, and she doesn't swim, and everyone's like, well, Aww. but now you're yeah. just, you're just some lady now. Yeah. And, um, oh, and the scene from Dangerous When Wet with Tom and Jerry. I've seen that. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, me too. I also love the name of that movie. Yeah. It's great. I'm not great sure name. if there's... Yeah. Anything else I've seen all the way through? I'm looking at her filmography right now. I don't know if I've seen Bathing Beauty. I've seen most of the Andy Hardy movies. I probably have seen Andy Hardy's Double Life, but I you've seen most of the Andy Hardy movies, like half. But that's a lot. That's half a is lot. like ten. So. Yeah, How, I have I have two questions: How and why? Start with why. <laughs> uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. Okay. Well, no, just kind of out of curiosity. It's like there weren't back in the day they didn't do like sequels to stuff and so like to do a whole series of like almost two a year of these andy hardy movies just for years and years and years and years yeah so it's like kind of interesting it's like okay so this is like the closest they had to television yeah pretty like, much like a series yeah and that, that's that's mickey rooney yeah mickey not, rooney not andy rooney i always do no. that 
Yeah. I know. They're yeah. both little. Yeah, Mickey Rooney, little Judy Garland comes in eventually. And yeah. Yeah, some of them are pretty good. And some of them are just like, they all run together. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, I never saw Andy Hardy. I, I have seen a Blondie movie. Oh, which, yeah. Oh, same thing. Yeah. They, yeah, same thing. This, series yes. of Blondie movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, God, that was terrible. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I do want it. Yeah, Neptune's daughter. That's the. That's where. That's where Baby It's Cold Outside comes from. Yeah. Uh, controversial Christmas classic. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and, man! If you'd only know Ricardo Montalban from Con, go check out his movies from the '40s. Man, he he was so hot. <laughs> Like, you get it. Like, okay, I understand why this guy had, like, another 40-year career no matter what he was doing, because he was hot. You know, I never thought to look at that. Let me let me just type in Ricardo Montalban, Neptune's daughter, and click on images. And hey there. Yeah. Hey there. Hey there, gold bathing suit, Ricardo Montalban. How you doing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, I, ha- I have been, whoa, Jesus. I haven't been this surprised by, by somebody, <laughs> by young somebody since, since Jeremy told me to Google uh, young Neil Pert from Rush. Anyway, oh. um, th- yeah, also that's handsome. Obs- but That's obscure, but okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I do want to see some of these movies because they just sound so bizarre. Like, she was in a lot of Red Skelton films. Mm-hmm. And the first one, Bathing Beauty, like, they re-edited and re-shot the film to add more of her. This movie needs more swimming! Yes, because we haven't mentioned that. So before she was an actress, mm-hmm. <laughs> Esther Williams was kind of like... She was a championship swimmer. She started swimming in, in local pools. She was uh, one of the fir- like she was a, a, a three time national champion in the freestyle and the breaststroke. By the time she was sixteen years old, I believe she set a world record for breaststroke in wow. nineteen thirty nine. Was going to compete in the Olympics, but oops, World War Two. Yep. Uh, you know, had to cancel that. And then she was going to go to college, and then but that fell through because she failed math class. <laughs> And lost a scholarship. Ah. Went to work in a department store, did some modeling work, got discovered by a man named Billy Rose, who was like a vaudeville perform like a like a touring live performer, a promoter. He had a, mm. a show called Aquacade, which yep. sounds amazing. And she did swimming in that. That got her discovered by MGM. And she was smart. When she got the contract, she demanded two things. Uh, a pass to swim at Beverly Hills p- Hotel m- Pool, <laughs> and a nine-month cram session in acting, singing, and dancing. That was smart. That was like, smart. Yeah. Don't you yeah. can't just throw me into a movie. I don't know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> I've never studied acting. I, I uh, yeah. And then, like I said, they. I mean, they put everyone through their little charm school, basically that they had. Yeah. But most of those people had some sort of more modeling experience, more acting experience, or they were, they were already singers. Now they got to learn how to act. Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So like, all right. Yeah. And they had, they just, it was a fucking factory. They just put you (laughs) through it. And when you graduated, you at the, you have a degree in movie star now. I mean, I do like that. She's not the first swimmer turn actor. Cause there was Johnny, Johnny Westmuller. Is that his name? Yeah. Johnny Weissmuller who played Tarzan. Tarzan, yeah, and I wonder if they had a, a package that, like, finally we can use the Weiss Melod pro- program again for somebody else <laughs> <laughs> starting with swimming and going to acting. Yeah, well, uh, what's really weird is, like, MGM picked her up because, like, they wanted more people who could be in athletic movies because Sonia Henney was a star. She was a Norwegian ice skater. 
And they <laughs> built her into, they did the same thing, built her a new movie star. Let's give her a bunch of movies. This one, she runs a resort. This one, she's training for the Olympics. And it's like, how much ice skating can you cram into a movie? They will figure it out. <laughs> they will figure it out, yes. Yeah, there will and- be at least four musical numbers with ice skating in them. And MGM was committed to Esther. They built her. They built her a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars swimming pool hmm. at, at a time when most movies cost less than two million dollars. <laughs> and that pool apparently was nicknamed pneumonia because <laughs> people got sick there so much. Esther herself ruptured her eardrums seven times making movies. Uh, yeah, and yeah she almost it, drowned a couple times because yeah. They, they didn't have the safety things like this is how they learn what not to do of like yeah. scuba diving still kind of like in development. So it's not like they have a guy off screen with a tank ready to go. No. Yeah. And then there'd I mean, be things where it's like the background, there's a trap door you can get out, but it's painted the same as the other thing. So you can't find it to get up and get air. Hey, hey that just happened to Post Malone. He fell, he fell through a trap door on stage and broke two ribs. Oh, so trap yeah. door is still dangerous. Still very dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah, is, I mean, yeah. she was just sort of on her own sometimes of like, well, hope hope you don't drown. I guess gesture if you're yeah, about and, to die. Yeah. And we'll talk about what happened to her in this movie later. But that is, Oof. you know, that doesn't me wonder because there, were, there used to be an award called the Golden Apple Awards. And there were also these sour apples. And hmm. she won the award for least com- co- least cooperative actress twice. Oh, and that just sounds gross. Like I don't. If you say this actress needs to be more cooperative, co- co- cooperative. Oh no! But like, what does it mean? Like, she so didn't want to get pneumonia again. Like, what is like? Yeah, yeah. It's strange. It's like you're she- asking me to jump off a fifty foot platform, and I'm yeah. telling you, that's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, she's uncooperative. <laughs> Oh, she's unconscious. Um, oh, because water hurts. She, yes. she, and it's still funny because of all those problems with the water in her biography, which is called Million Dollar Mermaid autobiography, which I have not read, but I kind of want to. She said her favorite leading man was the water, <laughs> which is kind of fucked up because she married one of her leading men. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she, she also said that quote. My pictures were put together out of the scraps they found in the producer's wastebasket. All they ever did for me at MGM was to change the leading man and the water in my pool. (laughs) So I don't think she has, I don't think she holds her, she passed away um, in 2013, Mm -hmm. at the age of 91. But I don't think she held her films in high regard. No, I think they're a way to make money. It's, it's yeah. not artistically fulfilling. It's like you have to come up with a way to make a movie. And also there's a lot of swimming in it. Yeah. And I, I, you could try to find a way to put a lot of swimming into Casablanca, but I don't think it's going to work out. They could swim to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe tomorrow we'll have the bathing suits to f- swim to Lisbon. Yes. No. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is silly entertainment. At a time when silly entertainment was getting bigger and sillier because they were competing with radio and television. So that's why Mm -hmm. you start doing big Technicolor, lots of music, cast of hundreds, widescreen. And yeah, Yeah. that's all kicking off right around here in the early 50s. I wish this this wasn't widescreen. 
Yeah. Would be, yeah. You know, we're just, just not there yet. But she was in a few, like almost all of the films, sea swimming. And yep. I've seen, I have seen one of the film with her. I've seen Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which mm-hmm. everyone knows because of the song. That has Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly. Honestly, not a very good movie. And she swims in that movie for no reason. Just, just no reason. One scene, just no reason. And she's good in that movie as an actress. I think she was a good actress, you know, when she was not in the water. Uh, I would she like to see. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's fine. I, you know, we we have. It. I would love to see one of her film noirs. Oh. I'm curious because she made a few of them. She's in one called uh, "The Hoodlum Saint," which is from an MGM movie. And then after one of her films bombed, she went to Universal. And she made two film noirs, The the Unguarded Moment and Raw Wind in Eden. It's a great Ooh. name for a movie. And I've never heard of these films. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about them. But I am curious to see, like, yo, could she act? Uh, that, 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 one, that one has Jeff Chandler in it. And oh, that leads to the Jeff Chandler story, huh? What's the Jeff? What's the Jeff? Now, the, one of the big reveals I remember when her autobiography came out was that. Uh, oh I yes, yes. Don't Go know ahead. if she Sorry. was going to have an affair with Jeff. She was having an affair with Jeff Chandler, or whatever. He was a very like manly guy, and he unfortunately played a lot of Native Americans, chiefs, yeah. and stuff in movies. But he's a very manly kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And she said that he was into cross dressing, and she <laughs> yeah. came came into his room, and he was, you know. All, all in ladies' clothes, and she was like so upset by this. She couldn't believe that a manly man would like to wear women's clothes, and I think they broke up or whatever. It's like, mm. eh, whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's a different time. It's a different time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different time. Yeah, I forgot about that. See what? She was married to. That um, wasn't. She, she dated him. She also had an affair with Victor Mature, who's in this movie while they're making yeah. it. Yeah, uh, her longest marriage was to an actor named Fernando Lamaz. Oh yeah, and yeah, I think he was one of the reasons he quit acting. Aww. Uh it was the whole like you know you got to settle down type thing. Aww. Uh but she that was means mi- she's Lorenzo Lamas' stepmom. Oh fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, Fernando Lamas was, you know, kind of along with Ricardo Montalban, one of those like Latin lover types of the 40s and 50s. Yeah. I never made the connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I met him. Really? Yeah. Uh, I met him the same day I met Julie Newmar and Dee Wallace. I love comic book conventions. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that was a I'd weird like, day. I would really like to go out to dinner with those guys. Like, that's, that'd be a great table. That was a surreal day because in the same hallway, like you, you could look down the hall and see at the same time Lorenzo Lamas, Kenny Baker, Peter Mayhew, uh, D. Wallace Stone, Julie Newmar, and I want to say Margot Kidder was there. Uh, yeah, and that was a weird day. But anyway, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's another story <laughs> for another podcast. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no, no idea it was related to her. Um, I my fate. I do want to see more of the movies. I want to see Neptune. I want to see um, Jupiter's Darling because <laughs> that's the one where C plays Hannibal's girlfriend. <laughs> uh, like Han- Hannibal, like the Roman general. Hannibal? Yes, yes. Nice. Uh, and it's supposed to be terrible, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> I would love. I have never seen a huge, big budget musical that was straight up terrible but oh. i would love to like like all that money all that energy all that choreography into something unwatchable just to me sounds fascinating <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, let's see. Well, there's plenty out there. Uh, Hello, yeah. Dolly. I don't like Star is terrible. Um, oh, what's one? Oh, the Lost Horizon musical. That's the closest you're going to get. And that Lost does have it. It does have a scene that was cut that's been put back in. That is the single most homoerotic dance number I've ever Ooh. seen. <laughs> oh, really? Of an actual gay club? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's there's like the dance of fertility. That's like oh, a bunch hey, of hello. dudes in, in in skivvies. They're all we'll oiled up, and <laughs> it's 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 really bad. It's just, it's a really really bad movie. Movie. Anyway, camp. <laughs> yes yes this is camp. the overlap the overlap between that and this is campiness yeah is campiness so, one thing i love that this movie opens with an ode to the past mm-hmm. but it's the past in 1952 so now it's like this is ancient history because it's all about doesn't everyone remember the new york hippodrome I'm like no <laughs> no but then i look up the new york hippodrome and i'm like Okay, well, that does sound insane. I kind of wish I had seen the New York Hippodrome now. Yeah, the Hippodrome was... Well, yeah, so what, 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 what was the Hippodrome? It, it was a 5,000-seat theater that had a giant pool and lighting effects. And they put on literal circuses there. Like, it's big enough to put on an actual circus with elephants and everything. Yeah. Um, plus staging like civil war battles <laughs> and, and that's literally yeah where annette kellerman w- was there for a, a long time in their big pool doing aqua ballet yes like, okay. I, I do yeah you see a pixel of it like a drawing of the inside on wikipedia and it just it looks like it looks like something that you'd see like in like what's that game like like uh uh those bioshock games <laughs> <laughs> like it, it looks like some Anne Randy and Nightmare world, yeah, but in a cool way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like this close to being like, and this is where the Romans went to do stuff. Just yes, it's and, like yeah, it's like the Colosseum, but it's indoors and it's amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so this movie is kind of a nostalgia piece for people in the fifties. Yeah, when when you think about it that way, kind of like you know, like Happy Days in the seventies. I guess mm-hmm. it's. it's it's the happy of the musicals. Yeah, um, it's like, oh, let's remember back to the bygone days of 1900. Yes. Which well, I, also, I love that they're like, Australia, 1900. It's a backwater shithole. And it's oh like, look, God. technically, it's not a country yet. They don't unite the different colonies until 1901. Man, I didn't even know that. And I have Australian yep. friends. I fucked up. I, yeah. I watched a movie that took place during Federation, the vote for Federation. So it's oh, like, okay. Yeah, so I just always remember that of like Australia is really new. Okay, all, all I really know about Australia is, um, you know, Aborigines, horrible racism, and Mad Max, and good and good music, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, it you know, yeah, it covered Midnight Oil, NXS, yeah, yeah good stuff. Yeah. This movie is kind of an ode to vaudeville and the director mm. who we haven't talked about yet, who we're not going to do too much on because it's, it's, he's like a legend. Yeah. Uh, Mervyn Leroy, he, he, he started in vaudeville. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. In, when he was a teenager. 
and then moved into movies. Uh, like I, if we talked about Henry B. Hill all week, he's a legendary director of Hollywood's golden age. Instead of you know really giving a deep dive on Mervyn Leroy's life and his amazing works like Little Caesar, I'm a Fuse of Chain, Chain Gang, Quo Vadis, The Bad Seed, Gypsy. Damn. I just want to I just want to be stupid and mention some of his movies that net today sound like pornos. Um, <laughs> uh, these these are mo- actual movie titles that Mervyn Leroy directed in the 20s and early 30s. Okay, but as as someone's name, like oh okay, like. You know, uh-huh. K-A-Y. Uh-huh. Naughty Baby. Oh, no. Hot Stuff. Mm. Playing Around. Mm. Local Boy Makes Good. I think that's funny. Um, <laughs> and Too Young to Marry. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Mervyn Leroy is a ge- was a genius. And maybe if I cover another super classic movie... I will go into more detail about Mervyn Leroy. He also was an uncredited, uncredited director on Wizard of Oz. Mm. So yep. he's a big deal. Yeah, he yeah. Won, he's, yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't really get credit from like film folks today because he was a real journeyman. It's like, he'll just do anything. You throw whatever mm-hmm. at him. He can do a gangster movie that's pretty hardcore like Little Caesar or do Random Harvest, which is like the weepiest weepy of all times. Mm-hmm. And then like Mr. Roberts, which has a lot of comedy and also like a lot of drama. So I never, yeah. I never seen that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love that oh. movie. Mr. Roberts <laughs> I, is so good. I'll have to check that out. The 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 writer of this also is somebody who did a lot of good work, but people don't really know anymore. Everett Freeman. He did he did the original version of the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh. Which that's I cool. think that's the one that Ben Stiller made a while yeah. back. And he also did My Man Godfrey. And my, I know him because he direct he wrote uh, the Glass Bottom Boat. Oh God, that's a weird movie. I love that's a Doris Day movie. Fun, it's buddy. a Doris Day movie, but it's about space. It's not about boats. It's very confusing. It has Don DeLuise. Yeah, yeah, baby Don DeLuise. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, he's still he's still a big man, but yes, uh, <laughs> baby face Don DeLuise. Um, one day I will. Go do a full-on Doris Day movie on this podcast. Uh, I have not yet. For a while, whenever I was doing a movie on this podcast, I would try very hard to find a Doris Day connection to everybody, to anybody, you know, to any movie. This mm. one was easy because I love Doris Day. And other behind-the-scenes people, we have the cinematographers George Falsey. He was the 13 Oscar not time Oscar nominee, including <laughs> including for this film. He. So my point in listing off these people. You know, I got we got we got negative criticism on that not because I mentioned too many people who weren't like worth talking about. Somebody said, but I think it's important to mention these people so you understand who's behind these movies. Mm-hmm. And thirteen-time Oscar nominee guy did the cinematography for Zigfried Follies, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Adam's Rib, Seven Brides of Seven Brothers, Forbidden Ooh. Planet, which fucking rules. Oh, so good. Meet Me in St. Louis and the Fugitive TV series. Oh wow! Yeah. And also, movie one, one more, two more behind the scenes people. Well, three more. Sorry, really quick. The producer is a guy named Arthur Hornblow Jr. Two things about him: great last name. <laughs> also, I I find him interesting because he was a lawyer, and then he became a producer for Broadway, and then he translated a French play called The Captive, which apparently had so much lesbian content in it, it was rated by the by the cops. <laughs> on Broadway and the entire cast including including Basil Rathbone were arrested 
Oh my and God. it was so ribald and controversial that between that and, and some Mae West stuff, they basically passed a law outlawing uh, homosexuality depictions on Broadway for years. <laughs> That's a gay move. That's a gay play. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, so gay, it ruined gay for everybody. <laughs> that movie also, like, that that play helped make uh, connect lavender flowers to lesbians to the oh. point where it damaged the lavender industry. Huh? Yeah. Who knew? I, I didn't. I want to yeah. see. I want to. I want to see that play. How gay? It's probably yeah. like. It's probably like. It's probably not gay at all. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's the thing. It's like, well, what was considered socking then? It's like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Those two See, women held hands and looked at each other and then never talked for the rest of the play. Yeah. That's too gay for you people. God damn it. Uh, he also worked on Gaslight, Asphalt Jungle, Oklahoma. Good stuff. And Oops. then, and then of course, we have to talk about the choreographer. Yeah, Busby. Uh, Busby Berkeley. Are you a, how many of his movies have you seen? Oh god, way too many. <laughs> <laughs> Go like on. A lot. I've seen a lot because and you can tell when you're watching Busby Berkeley like 9 times out of 10, you know exactly who it is. Like he has a oh, very yeah. distinct style. What you is know? his most distinct thing? Oh, the uh the the shot from above and like everyone's choreographed like a kaleidoscope. Yeah, they're in him. a circle and then they're moving their legs. Everyone at the same time, they move their arms at the same time. Oh yeah! If you've that's seen been parodied so many times, so many people have no idea where it's from. It's just like, yeah, oh, if... that's what they do in musicals. Yeah, if you've seen the Great Muppet Caper, oh, which yeah. you should, because um, it's a great movie. Uh, Miss Piggy does that in in her uh, like her her catwalk scene, like you know the the modeling scene. Um, yeah, well, that has an entire scene parodying an Esther Williams number. <laughs> Yes, it does. Yes, which sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole a while back to figure out how do you make a Muppet swim? Like, don't okay, they get do too waterlogged? You you just kind of do. <laughs> like <laughs> like they they made there's there's a, a Miss Picky costume that someone could wear and swim, and then That's I think terrifying. they made and they they made puppets that were um I think they used a slightly different uh padding in them so it wouldn't get like puckered as it absorbed water. But yeah, I mean, Frank Oz is down there with a scuba tank on just off camera, watching a monitor to see what he is doing. Uh, while uh, it's like, that's, that sounds dangerous. I don't think I want to be underwater with puppets. I thought, just, man, I, I thought puppets riding bicycles was crazy. I had no idea. It was like, I never, you know, you never think about it. Cause you, you don't just think you about watch it. the movie. <laughs> And you're in the world of, oh, those are Muppets, of course. They, Muppets can swim. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah I you really, think about, there's, I forget where it was. It was like a Henson Archive thing where I finally got my answer of like, how do they film this damn thing? And it's like, it's it's the early 80s. So, you know, everything's got cables. You know, you got a cable mm -hmm. to like an earpiece for Frank Oz, uh, a monitor so he can see it. And there's a giant cable going out side to another monitor so that the cameraman can see it because they're just in a big tank and it's like oh this is everyone is so close to being electrocuted at all times <laughs> that's never good just to do an homage to things that who who knows specifically oh yeah million dollar mermaid that that's just like that number from that esther williams movie 
I would guess in even in eighty two. Well, I would in eighty two. You think about you know if if my mom was taking my me and my brother to see this movie to see that movie in nineteen eighty two, she would mm-hmm. know the reference. Probably. Probably, you know, because but the kids would. He's the kids, like, no well, the kids never. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. A good a good Muppet movie. The kids don't get half the jokes, <laughs> right? And so does that. Uh, I I really like Bubsy Berkeley. I've seen. I I can recommend Dames, which is a great name for a movie. Footlight Parade, and of course, Forty oh, yeah. Second Street. Yep. Forty uh, Second Street has Ginger Rogers as a character named Anytime Annie. <laughs> which, the which is the question which which has has the quote uh, anytime sees hey it's anytime Annie she <laughs> only said no once because he didn't hear the question <laughs> which, is that's not slut saving that's slut endorsement I feel like that's not that's not judgmental <laughs> <laughs> I think but yeah that, that's a great movie Forty Second Street. Like oh, Forty Second Street sounds it's uh, like one of the best musicals. Period, especially yeah, of the the thirties. Yeah, yeah. And well, it saved musicals pretty much, and it saved Warner Brothers. Wow. So like it did it did so well, but Bubsy Bilkey was crazy, and mm-hmm. um, drank and did all the drugs and tried to kill himself and was in a t- a car accident that killed two people. And but he got he got off for some reason. Oh my he, god. Like, yeah, but throughout all that, he managed to work. Well into his seventies, wow! Uh, and I, he went back to Broadway, and it, but but then near the end of his career, so good on his liver, I guess. <laughs> I want to say, uh, I'm, bravo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, in front of the camera, there are there are other people in this film, I guess. I mean, and there's like two. Well, okay, yeah. three. Well, and a kangaroo. I, and a kangaroo. <laughs> and a dog who's and playing a, a famous dog. Um, that's that part's still stupid. Uh, her her leading man here is Victor Mature, mm-hmm. uh, who is just a big hunky hunky man. Um, I have never seen any other movies by him with him, as far as I know. I've seen a couple. He was, you know, he's one of those guys that's just sort of like he's there. It's like he's really <laughs> good looking. He's really distinctive looking, acting wise. He's okay. Like, okay, the original Kiss of Death. He's pretty good in that. My darling Clementine, I actually do really like him in. Uh, I think he's Doc Holliday in that. Oh, yeah, he is Doc Holliday in that. I haven't seen that, but I've heard good things. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, <laughs> he's he's looking pretty stout and strong for a guy who's dying of consumption. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, Whatever. Yeah. But, he's like, fine. he, yeah, he quit acting, like, kind of in the 60s and uh, I think got way into golf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he knew he wasn't a very good actor. Like there's the there's the there's the quote that's on Wikipedia that says, I'm not an actor and I got sixty-four films to prove it. <laughs> so I like you know, he knew. Uh yeah. he almost I believe he almost went back into acting to play Stallone's father in a movie. That would have been good. They, because they do he have lo- a very similar looking. Yeah, and, and they're both like giant meatheads. Yeah, you know, I I could see that he's fine in this movie. I I don't feel like he's not he's not wiry enough to be a carnival barker. Mm. I don't. I mean, I, I never met any carnival barkers, but in my <laughs> in my mind, they're like like they all look like Harry Anderson. <laughs> not not giant hunks of meat. Apparently, um, uh, Annette Annette agreed. Uh, Annette Kellerman did not like him in the in the role. 
Mm. Uh, she said that he, her real husband was a quiet, quote, quiet, unassuming husband, not a hunk of man. <laughs> she, she, as, as, just really quick, Annette Kellerman did not like this movie. She called it a si- silly little yarn and, again, quote, a namby-pamby attempt to tell her life story. <laughs> uh, I feel yeah, like this, you guys man, are too we, big pussies to enjoy the real story. <laughs> Yeah, too hot for TV. <laughs> too hot for TV. Well, they don't have a nude scene. You know, in real life, Annette Kellerman did a nude scene in silent film. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, her hair is covering everything, but still, she's naked. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah I, I, we we got to bring back Nambi Pamby. Nambi Pamby. Nambi Pamby is a good phrase. It's a good, it's a, it's a good phrase. Mm. Uh, who else is it worthwhile in this? I guess, I guess Walter Pigden. Walter Pigeon, yeah. Yeah, Walter Pigeon, yeah. He's one of those guys. He's been in a trillion billion things. Uh, bringing it back to Forbidden Planet, I think that's yeah. where I, I know him best from. Because Forbidden Planet rules. That movie's mm-hmm. so damn good. He's the bad guy in that, right? Yeah. Well, he's he's the. Uh, well, he's yeah. Yeah, he's the Prospero in this version of the Tempest. But um, yeah, that movie's also fun because you know Leslie Nielsen was a straight actor and. The kids these days forgot that. And then they watch Forbidden Planet and they're like, wait for Leslie Nielsen to do something funny. He never does because <laughs> he's no. the hero. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love watching all the old pre-airplane at Leslie Nielsen. Uh, yeah. On this podcast, I covered Viva Knievel once. Oh, which, Jesus. Which, <laughs> that's the right. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh. I'm you, scared. It, well, it stars Evil Knievel as himself. And oh, it good. has uh, Gene Kelly as his alcoholic um, mechanic. Oh, Gene. Who at one point is kidnapped by uh, Dabney Coleman and put, on, <laughs> and put on speed. And uh, it also has uh, Marjo Gortner. <gasps> Marjo. I love yes. Marjo Gortner. Well, hey, you're, you're, you're the one. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. This documentary is fantastic. I still recommend it to people. I recommend American Into Three. He's the bad guy in that. Uh, oh, don't watch! Don't watch American Into Three. Watch oh. if you like Marjorie Gordon. We're way off topic. Watch um a lo- um um what is the name of that movie? Um, uh, Bobby Jordan Outlaw, uh, <laughs> which is kind of like a a um a Bonnie and Clyde story with him and Linda Carter. Wonder Woman. Oh, yes. Wonder Woman. All right. Yes. Uh, movies kind of well known among perverts because she's naked in that. Ah, I see. It is a good movie, though. (laughs) Anyway, back to people who were alive in the fifties. All right. So, Million Dollar Mermaid. Do you want want to run through what happens in it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I guess you know because yeah, there's nobody really else worth talking about in the cast. Uh, Spoilers, I guess. At this point, from now on, you know, spoilers for the swimming movie. The swimming. Uh, I wonder if it's going to have a happy ending. How many movies? We're gonna cut straight to the ending for a second. How many musicals or movies have you seen from the '40s to the early '60s that end with somebody in a hospital bed who's gonna be okay? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like that Reagan trope, right? And uh, like Reagan did that a lot in his movies. Yeah, and I saw that in the Doris Day movie with Frank Sinatra. Um, um, oh, it's a song. Um, I'll think about it later. That's also no, where's that movie? What's that song? 
It's not. It's a good movie. But anyway, right. uh, I somebody. Forget, okay. Yeah, and ends in ends at the same thing. This movie ends the same way. But before we get there, we're in Australia, and there's a little girl who can't walk. Yep, she's got little little braces on her legs, and she's so sad. Yes, and that is so that is sad. true. That really did happen. Like Annette Kellerman was born. She didn't have polio, but she had like. I guess nowadays they would cure it in five minutes, I would imagine. Because you don't see many mm. kids on lane voices these days. Um, nope. But she couldn't walk, but she could swim. Yay. Yay. And she's running away from her dad, who, is a, who runs a conservatory to go swim. Which seems inherently dangerous to... Yeah, to, yeah. For anyone to swim unsupervised, especially when they're like, I don't know, a 10-year-old girl. In Australia? In Australia. In Australia? God. <laughs> What can't kill you? So- <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. I wonder if she's so good at... Yeah. She's so strong from kicking all them crocodiles out of her way. Yeah. Kicking the crocodiles, swimming away from venomous snakes, and, and mm-hmm. dodging uh, rabid koalas. <laughs> Little known fact. They'll fuck you up. No, they won't. Uh, this movie goes from zero to montage really fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um because then we find out she's, a, she's a, you know, people in New South Wales, they fucking love swimming. Yeah. They say 2,000 yeah. people showed up for her big championship swim meet. Okay. I don't, I don't, what's, I don't get it. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a sports guy. It's okay, 1900. Like- there's nothing else to do. <laughs> That's always my answer for things like this. It's a small town and there's nothing to do. How many There's not even people- radio yet. I mean, come on, it sucks. <laughs> How many people are going to see women swimming because they're perverts? Well, like most of them. But, okay. <laughs> you know, something. Good, so- good for them. But, they, you know, they win cups and everyone is applauding their actual, they're like their abilities. And they're not being like, oh, that's so unladylike. Like, <laughs> no, everyone's like, good job. You're really good at swimming. Yeah, Yay. and you, but at the same time, there's the economic downturn. That's, I don't think is it the, when they, he says economic downturn. Is he talking about the Great Depression? No, I it's imagine way too, he, they're way too early for it. Yeah, so I don't know no, what's this, going on. This whole thing takes place between like 1900 and 1910, but then they lie about a lot of the dates because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but but the dad's conservatory is going to close, and he gets a job in London. Mm-hmm. So. God, I'm at, they take a boat to London. How long would that take? Oh, God. That would, oh take, my. So that would take so long. It would take so long that by the time you get there, the guy who hired you died. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's why. <laughs> You're skipping ahead. Who does he yeah. meet on the boat? Uh, Victor Mature and his boxing kangaroos, Sydney. <laughs> yes, Sydney the king. It took me like five minutes to get why it's called Sydney. Uh Oh, Australia. I'm a moron. Okay. Yeah. Real kangaroo. Real kangaroo. Um, and is really beaten up on Jesse White, who is like a hey, it's that guy in a ton of things. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is an animal I would not fight. Uh can- kangaroos absolutely will fuck you up. Yeah, I can't think of many animals I would fight. No. <laughs> but well, no, I def- would never actually fight an animal. Like, unless I really, you know, it's me or the animal, then okay. But I'll fight. I'll fight a goose. Oh, fuck him! I can't. That's, ask, that's asking for trouble, man. What's he gonna do? Honk me? Yeah, yeah. Bite. Yeah, they no bite teeth. you. Yeah, they have no teeth. 
It still hurts, though. A swan yeah. bit me once, and it hurt. <laughs> a swan bit you? Yeah, and it chased me. What did you do to the swan? I got into its turf. I didn't realize I was in its turf. I, <laughs> I was looking at something else. I backed up, and now I was in its turf. And then the swan came at me and bit, and it whipped its head around like a freaking cobra. And then I, I quickly walked away. <laughs> okay, well, I would rather fight a swan than a, than a, than a, than a kangaroo. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty fair. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Kangaroos yes. and, are pretty tall, so yeah. Yeah, that, and I'm tall, but mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm 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 six six. Oh uh, gosh, I, is- <laughs> I like this dropping that with people who haven't met me before because it's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so see, if you see, it's, this is the 1910s in a movie made in the 1950s. So her and Victor Mature fall in love in two minutes. Yep. Because they can't have sex. Because why not? Although this, there is one thing that happens in this movie that is very strange. There's one an establish. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> there's there's an establishing shot of London to let us know she's in London now, and it's not Big Ben, and they don't play Rue Britannia. There's they just a up. shot of London Tower, not even Tower Bridge, the thing that you're thinking of as London. Bridge. No, a shot of the tower. <laughs> That I think they reuse later. <laughs> I was so sad. I'm like, this is this is what you picked for London? There's like so many other places. And I feel some of those scenes are shot in London, right? It looks like. like. Look, yeah, but I mean, obviously they're all far away shots, so they, they didn't get the cast there. Yeah. I imagine. But I was surprised. Like, I think someone's actually swimming, at, swimming in the river in London. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that's that's. Yeah, pretty strange. Pretty strange, yes, because like in real, so they go to London, as you said, the guy who gave her the job, gave her husband, no husband, her dad the job, job died. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they're running out of, she's selling her trophies for money, because uh, they made a silver. It's very sad. Very sad. And uh, Victor Mature, we keep, we keep saying Victor Mature, his, his, his name in the movie is actually, um, I forget because it's Victor Mature. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his, his name is, yeah, Sullivan, James Sullivan. Sullivan has the kangaroo. No one's coming to the kangaroo show. He gets a great idea. He's like, let's have this swimming lady swim down the Thames and to the show. Right. And then everyone's going to want to see the kangaroo. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Yes. Let's a woman swimming 26 miles down the Thames, which, is- which turns out what she did actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when she starts, like, there's no press there. And so it's like, well, what's even the point? And she's like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll just start swimming. And and as we pass people, we'll let them know what we're doing. And by the time she gets to, you know, downtown London, like, the bridges are crowded and everyone's cheering. And it's like, I, I okay, wonder, news spread fast. I wonder if we're missing some context of, like, how common was swimming back then? Mm. Like, how many people could swim? True. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. Like a lot yeah. of people probably couldn't swim, and the, swimming the Thames would be hard because it's actually it, it does have tides. It's not a oh, yeah. river, river. No. So yeah, and even they bring up like, oh no, the tide's beating her, and she's like, no, I can make it swimming, swimming. That's probably swimming. Her, her only, I would, I think Esther Williams is a perfectly cromulent actress. Yeah. Um, but her and she's a fantastic, amazing, wonderful swimmer. Mm-hmm. She can't do both at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> her her swim acting is like, no, I'm fine. 
I need food. Like it just, I don't know if anyone could do that. I guess it's, it's so forced and strange, Yeah, but it does, uh, it does come out a little odd. <laughs> Yeah. And then, oh, well, now she's a big old celebrity. So they're like, okay, well, I bet we could get a show at the New York Hippodrome. Let's not write to them or wire ahead. Let's just all go to New York now. Let's sell the last trophy we have. Yeah. Uh, and they say, hey, let's go to New York. I mean, you know, it's <sighs> London. I don't know. Yeah. I, but how like, many? Everyone yeah, in London what? knows who she is now. So it feels like here's where you cash in. I don't know if you've heard this, but London has something of a theater scene. (laughs) Annette Kellerman and Laurence Olivier in (laughs) Underwater Hamlet. (laughs) I'd watch the fuck out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would do. I I wish they would have had more of her shows, not to get ahead of ourselves, because like I do wonder like what the underwater ballet. I mean, I guess that's synchronized swimming, who mm-hmm. uh, Esther Williams was a big proponent of. She, she was a commentator for the Olympics for, underwater, for synchronized swimming. Hmm. But there isn't a lot of that in the movie. It's mostly uh, diving, yeah, um, swimming and swimming, and like her standing on what looked like giant centerpieces with sparklers. Yeah. Uh, well, skipping ahead a, a little bit when she starts doing a show at a carnival, it really is just like, here's her doing the breaststroke. Now she will demonstrate the crawl. And it's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I would demand is, my money back immediately. This is when I was like, no, it, things were simpler back then. <laughs> like, two, because two, so like they go to Hippodrome, Hippodrome won't hire her. So now mm. they're stuck in America, and well, they they well, through means we'll get to in a second. They get a carnival show, and you have to imagine if people are there to see her swim. That's kind of sad. <laughs> if yeah. people are there just to see her, see someone in a moderately revealing for the time bathing suit, that's sad too. Yeah. It's so be, yeah. It sucks. Because, it's a shitty yeah. show and it sucks. But apparently, it's a big hit because Nine again, weeks. they figure out like, oh well, promotion wise, let's do something. Let's do a publicity stunt, and then we get a bunch of free press. And that publicity stunt is she gets arrested for wearing a perfectly normal bathing suit. Yes, because America. Because America. I'm really pissed. So they go to the beach, and she's not like I did not. You know, it. I did not know about swimming gowns mm-hmm. like that the, what women had to wear back then yeah I, it's it's two pieces <laughs> or at least it's, it's kind of it's, like pants and a skirt and a whole like blouse yeah basically i would imagine basically so if they get wet does, you still can't see a figure right is the, is the point of it and also you drown yeah <laughs> and also you don't want to get tan that's, that's a good back point when too. tan was bad because that meant you were working outside you wanted to be as pale as possible like I'm in, like like Japan now. Oh. Here, here when I when in Japan, you'll see women who ride the bicycles and they look like Darth Vader because they have like a giant visor on their head, and they're wearing short sleeve shirts with like detachable black sleeves <laughs> and fingerless gloves and like yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, same thing. But sees yeah, she you find out later that Sullivan planned that mm-hmm. for her to yeah. get arrested. Bribe the cops and, so she would get arrested. So they get a ton of free publicity and they go to trial and 
it's kind of dumb where she's like well what if i wear like a unitard and they're like yeah that's fine it's like that's kind of racier i mean she's wearing like a body stocking it it hugs the curves a bit more than her little tank suit she was wearing yeah and i wonder it works for her though so shut up i i wonder like in the 50s i don't know what the standards i mean at this point you got mail monroe Mm -hmm. i guess all bets are off and close so Fuck it. But I guess back then, you don't really think about like just how much, how the, the, the double standard that still exists now was a billion times worse back then. Yeah. And there's that lawyer in the trial who is the most fake outrage, but actually horny man. <laughs> I, I, you know, like he has the vapors. <laughs> Terrible. Because you could see her knees. <laughs> That's indecent. Quint- He's Quentin shocked Tarantino to find out. Quentin Tarantino would be so happy. Women have knees. Yes. Ugh, that's uh, wrong. Uh, oh, I yeah. say. But I, I am so pissed no one faints. Like, doing this whole uh, thing. Like, yeah. oh, no. Oh. That, I would love that. So then we get the, the one-piece suit montage, which, like, as you said, is just her diving and sewing off swimming moves in a very small pool. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the first. The first name for this movie was One Piece Bathing Suit. <laughs> but people, I, I, I swear to God, honest, people thought it was simultaneously both too risque and too stupid. <laughs> so they changed it to Million Dollar Mermaid. I think they're right. Uh, One yeah. Piece Bathing One Piece Bathing Suit, bad name for a movie. Yeah. Yes. And Stupid. so they have the montage and then they have the very forced second act breakup. Yeah. Because in, in real life, they did not break up. Ah. So what yeah. is, what is, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, they're setting him up. It's like, I've seen too many music biopics where it's like, okay, so this guy's going Colonel Tom Parker on everybody, right? He's totally <laughs> skimming all the money and not telling anybody. I've never heard he's as an adjective before, but go and ahead. Be, and being a total possessive dick because like she gets all this attention and she's like, oh, this guy wants me to do like a speaking tour. And he's like, no, you should just swim back and forth in this tiny pool. Until you die for me. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're not swimming, then you should just be wifing. I have a plane. He's he's just such a dick for no reason. It's so contrived. Yeah. Because we need them to break up, so we're happy when they get back together. Spoiler! Yes. Oh, no. And he he gets a plane act, and the plane crashes the first day. (laughs) Uh, Which I imagine was very common back then. Uh, Yep. Yeah, but she got- she does have like the one tiniest bit of feminine feminism moment where she says something about like, "Hey, if I get married, blah 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 blah, I will do things my way." And I was like, "Girl, yay, yay!" But then that's immediately ruined by the entire rest of the movie because they're like, <laughs> "Oh, it turns out the hippodrome does want you to be uh, at the hippodrome now, and there's nothing like good news to patch up a lover's quarrel." It's like, but, no, no, but that. That's just papering over all the problems. That doesn't solve shit. But he's already gone. He oh, yeah, he's already bounced. He's already bounced. She, go, she goes to the Hippodrome. Hippodrome hires her dad, too. Oh. And we're about... This movie is... How, how long is this film? This film is 115 minutes long. And I feel we are over an hour in before we get our first musical number in this, in this I know! Musical. And... Ah. I kind of respect it a little <laughs> bit 
because well, you got to think about a couple of things with the musical numbers in this is that for a very rare thing for a musical nowadays, they're all diegetic. Mm. At no point does somebody break down and sing, you know, their feelings. Right. Um, they're all dance numbers. There's no, there's, there's no singing. Hmm. I don't think there's any singing in the entire film. No. And and they're all on, 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 underwater. So yeah. we we get to the hippodrome and we get you see that fucking tank of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, could you see this from every seat? Well, I, I mean, don't at know. At this point, it's it's not. It's, this is the Bubsy Berkeley thing yeah. of like, for the first shot, you see a stage, and then after that, we are in La La Land. <laughs> uh, reality has gone bye bye, <laughs> and because this 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 tank, I, I read, I, I looked up newspapers from the 1950s to find out more. Oh um, this tank was 90 feet by 90 feet. And it was 20 feet deep. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you okay? Did you choke no, on something? No, I'm, I'm frightened. And <laughs> that is a lot of water. It took four days to fill. Oh my god. And you see, but, but yo, it shows up on, on screen. Yeah. Because all of these numbers are just... <laughs> the most of like what is go- like yeah i, I like uh, that they, they gradually get crazier like the first one is not so crazy she's wearing a really cool full body gold sequin yeah. bathing suit that looks amazing and she just kind of dives and swims around and it's nice and you're like okay that was that was worth the wait i guess no yeah. no that's the prelude to the crazy that's coming there's a, there's a quick montage of one, which you see bits and pieces of. And then there's the absolutely, utterly, like, this is probably, what, five minutes of film? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have watched this movie three times now for this scene. <laughs> well, um, the one with the smoke and the flames and the, the giant and swings. The and the men in the least flattering loincloths, unfortunately. <laughs> um, those are really baggy. Those are really baggy loincloths. It's really a shame. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So the, the, it starts with those dudes standing on that ramp while the girls slide between their legs, right? Right. And they're how holding they, giant flags. How are they standing on that surface? I Does it have don't to be know. soaking wet? I don't and, know. So much and, of it is just, who thought of this? I don't know. What does this oh, we mean? Know. I don't know. We know who thought of it. Bubsy okay. Berkeley. Bubsy yes. Berkeley thought of it. Yes. But it's like, oh, okay, but like, they seem to be telling us some sort of story. A little <laughs> what bit. What is the story? Like, where are we in the universe where we need the men to hold the flags over the big water slides that the girls go down? And then <laughs> there's the giant swings. And oh, my. Takes giant dives off of. It's in those giant pillars of smoke that you know caused cancer because <laughs> it's the 50s. This is like the smoke left over from, from Buddy Epson's paint from Wizard of Oz or something. <laughs> like it just it looks too thick. It looks like the it looks like the smoke they use on fighter planes when they're doing the the display, like the the Blue Angels type stuff. And those huge jumps, this is where Esther Williams kind of sort of almost died 
Oh. Uh, she has an amazing sequin now. Oh, no, it might, no, I think it might have been earlier. I forget which one. With right. The crown. The crown's the first one, right? Yeah, the crown's mm-hmm. the first one. Yeah. And so and she, that she that, dives off a very tall thing. A and, very tall thing. Yeah. And broke her back. I... Almost almost fractured her, almost broke her spine. So like, she said it was as close as possible to breaking your spine without actually breaking it. They had to they had to shut down filming for six months. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Um, yes, but a lot of the other dives, if you watch the dives, sometimes you can tell it's not her mm-hmm. because she gets up way too quick. <laughs> <laughs> like like someone else goes down and she's coming up. Ah, um, uh, you know, yeah. but it, it's still, I mean, it's still a spectacle. And it is so great. And then like at the end, she's like raising out of the water and the sparklers are all lighting because it's actually filmed in reverse. If you watch closely, you can see the smoke. The smoke is like heading towards oh, the sparklers <laughs> you know, because they again, reversed it. But it's again, such a cool effect because she's coming out of the water and the sparkles start. The sparklers start lighting as they hit the air, and it looks amazing. Uh, this is another uh, every. It feels like every week in this podcast, I have a moment where I'm like, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I didn't oh, realize how did they do that. Yeah, how I did know. they do that? I, no, I wondered that for so many years. Like, how do they have some sort of special sparkler that could stay lit underwater? <laughs> no, if you just watch the smoke, you realize, oh, the smoke's going backwards. Okay. Oh, I'm just yeah. stupid. Okay. But yes. it's so cool looking. So yes. who cares? Then, yes. And then her dad dies. <laughs> and then her dad dies. Aww. Yes. There's the underwater, the, the kind of the more, I guess, it's. It's weird to say that the entire the the one dance sequence that's entirely underwater is the least outrageous one. The sort of little ballet number. She yeah, the ballet like number. Literally a little ballet number. Yeah, and I get that's the one where her dad passes away. But we have, we're doing about out of order because the crazy one's the last one. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this part of the movie, like doing more research and realizing, like, oh, this actually is really important for ballet people. Really. Why? Because one one of the other stars in the show oh, is yeah, supposed cool. to be yeah, Anna, pa- Anna Pavlova, who yeah. is a very famous ballerina, and she's played by Maria Tallchief. Who yeah. I, I I only knew that name like oh she's she was a Native American and she became a prima ballerina. That's great. I realized okay she's basically the first U.S. prima ballerina. She helped start the New York City Ballet. Mm-hmm. She was married to George Balanchine like during this movie, who's mm-hmm. like. And who's that? Uh, like the most famous choreographer of ballet ever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and she originated the Sugar Plum Fairy in his production of The Nutcracker right when The Nutcracker became a holiday classic. It did not become a holiday classic until Maria Tallchief. <laughs> yes. And I looked up like, okay, there's got to be plenty of film of her, right? And there is, but it's mostly 50s TV quality. Yeah. So this this might be the only like beautiful Technicolor performance of hers we have, as far Which as I can shame. tell. Yeah, it's like goddamn. Yeah, I saw there are a bunch of other performances by her that, that I could just find on YouTube who and they were amazing, but the the film quality was real bad. That's too and bad. So like, yeah, oh, she is so unfair. She is 
one of the most important ballerinas of all time playing one of the most important ballerinas <laughs> of all time. Just yes. like Esther Williams is be one of the greatest swimmers of all time playing one of the greatest swimmers of all time. Yeah. I, I had no idea back when I was just watching this for like, hee hee, these numbers are really silly and be like, oh shit, they accidentally filmed something important. Yeah. Yay. And and, <laughs> and she has her one acting scene and she has a great fake accent. Yeah. Like she's pretty good. Yeah, I, I guess Maria told she she's not so she has no movies. No, that's that's a uh, that sucks. Yeah, no, there's I mean like documentaries where she talks. She's like a talking head, but <laughs> I don't think they tried to turn her into a big Hollywood star. We'll make a bunch of ballet themed movies for you. Nah. Do you do you think that was more about being ballet or more racism? A little bit of both, probably. <laughs> a little bit of I'm, column, a little yeah. bit of. Probably her just say, nah, that's not what I do, man. That's, that's, that's not what I point. do. Yeah. I'm, 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 a, I'm a prima ballerina, motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do we get all the third act conflicts also are very forced. So, oh, so forced. Dad dies suddenly. Oh, no. Uh, you know, uh, the, he comes backstage after the public performance and no one's talking to her. And uh, her her new man, um, that poor bastard, uh, <laughs> the the owner of the Hippodrome, Oh, the, the the manager Alfred Harper, not a real mm. person. Um, right. Yes, he yeah, is like she suddenly takes a turn though, because like her dad dies, she's sad, and now it's like, oh wait, she's dating her boss, and she's wearing this outfit that is sexy suffragette Corella Deville. All of a sudden, like so there's a <laughs> lot of fur and a lot of sparkle, and I was just like, did I miss a scene? Did this movie turn even better? <laughs> the costumes. Oh, uh, my God. By, uh, by Helen Rose, who oh. won two Oscars and designed Grace Kelly's wedding gown. Oh. So those costumes, oh, yeah. like, the costumes in the first half, it's very good, but it's very standard music. Like, it's very standard costumes for a movie set in the 1900s. Yeah, but like, now she's now she's got money, so now her now, costumes go crazy. Yeah, her costumes I time travel 30 fucking years. Ah. Uh. <laughs> No, I mean, where's another? I just started nicknaming her outfits. One is Sexiest Musketeer. She's got this structured <laughs> jacket with a cape and a velvet saucer hat that's huge and with a plume. And I was like, if I wore that today, how long would it take for me to get arrested? Because more, clearly something's wrong with me. More importantly, if I wear that today. Oh, the little <laughs> cape on it. Oh, my God. I want a cape. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm a six. <laughs> I'm a six and a half foot tall white gay man in Tokyo. I don't need to stand out more. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> it's okay. Not fair, God damn it. Um, uh, but, yeah. Oh no. Well. Yeah. No so, dressing like <laughs> suffragette Cruella Deville. Suffragette Cruella um, Deville. That's my new band name. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah. So see, but she's kind of with Alfred now, right? Uh, who is not to get to. There's, he's a how do how do I phrase it politely? I I can't. Um, he's a dick he's in a, a jar. <laughs> <laughs> you break glass in case of an emergency. Like he yeah. is, he is the ultimate standby man. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's emergency backup boyfriend. Yes, there you yeah. go. That's more polite than my phrase. Thank you. I'm sorry, mom. Yeah, he's just a nice guy who just keeps standing there getting shat on over and over and over. And he just takes it. I mean, yeah, you could just call him a giant cuck, too. Whatever. Just like, no, 
no, you obviously are still in love with that other guy, but I'll be here if you change your mind. Just go stand over here politely. The the two men I've known like that in real life ended up being gay. <laughs> mm. Like, I'll just stay here for the one. There's this one girl I really like as a friend, and I want to be a boyfriend, I think. Mm. Or maybe not. I don't I don't yeah. think Alfred's gay. But yeah, he is just there and he's just a nice, nice guy as Sullivan's being a dumbass yeah. and building a terrible plane to so this, this is they want to do the first transcontinental flight. Yeah. And it's not even the first nonstop one. Just the first mm-hmm. flight. Uh because I looked into this and the first transcontinental like the first nonstop transcontinental flight was in the 20s uh, and yeah, 1923 and that plane looks, looks like a real plane mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's enclosed it's not a biplane uh, it obviously has room for gasoline <laughs> it <Yeah>. can steer <laughs> yeah. I love that they're like oh yeah the one guy flies a plane and the other guy just follows it in a car and it's like, yes, they're probably both doing about 30 miles an hour. This is the worst idea I've ever heard. Oh, it's, it's so it's it's terrible. Just, yeah. It's just a chair that happens to be like bolted onto some wings and a very like and a go-kart engine. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to prove myself. Damn it, because <sighs> my girlfriend was successful without me. So I better go prove myself by getting myself killed like an idiot. This plane is my penis. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's a it's yeah. terrible idea. Doesn't work. I've obviously this is when the movie. I think the la- after the musical numbers, like everything before the musical numbers, is I think good build up. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting story, even if it's silly and yeah. not realistic. Once the musical numbers are over, it's like, can I go home? Yeah. Or, no, no, there's still like 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. And <sighs> so Jimmy's being an idiot in an airplane and Annette gets a job offer to be in Hollywood. And apparently there's, 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 apparently there's only one train to Hollywood. <laughs> because <laughs> both of them get up, end up on it, sees chilling in a cabin. And what is Sullivan and Doc? What are they doing? Uh, the most embarrassing grifting. Mm-hmm ever captured on film not only is it embarrassing it's racist it's really really racist they're selling indian blankets yeah jimmy's sidekick doc is in red face pretending to be a chief telling that uh, he said oh no these are heap good blankets that kind of shit it's really embarrassing and really oh the cringing because i'm embarrassed for I'm embarrassed for me for watching this right now. And I'm embarrassed yeah. for the characters and the actors. And, oh, it's so embarrassing. There, there are sometimes when you see an old movie that has, like, this movie up until that point, this movie does not, isn't that, it's sexist. Yeah. But the only real racism is some, some omission. Like, right. There are, there, you know, when, which is bad also, but you, 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 you have, when you watch movies from the 50s and 30s and 40s, you have to deal with it. Or you right. just can't watch any movies. I very rarely stumble upon an old movie that has blackface or red face. 
you get a lot of yellow face, especially mm. in the British movies. Um, mm-hmm. And when it shows up, it's so bad. And yeah. I, I, some in this case, I almost feel bad for the actor because you know it's not his idea, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad for everybody involved. It's it, it is it is insulting to yeah. everybody with a pulse. And, yeah. and it's insulting to the characters like within the film it is insulting so i like i have to give him the tiniest bit of credit there of like this yeah. is bad all around but the guy who made him do this is supposed to be a character we care about that too yeah, yeah. <laughs> so also fuck you movie <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah that's a good point and she sees him and she's like oh oh mm. oh also before this sullivan gave her a ring Mm-hmm. Because she tried to get him grounded by by suing him for unpaid expenses, and but then he declared it as the red, wedding ring that he was going to give her, and then he gives it to her. Which, and but that means he used like their business expense money to buy a wedding ring, which is um, that's a personal expense, and you shouldn't do that. So is not a yeah. He was you know fucking what? grifting, man. He was grifting. But He's anyway, a carny. he's a carny. Yeah, he's a carny. He took off in his plane. He immediately <laughs> crashed. He's embarrassed. She kept the ring anyway. Now he's well, on a train grifting this idiot. And Ugh. she's out she's out filming another movie called Neptune's Daughter, unrelated to the a movie that Esther Williams made called Neptune's Daughter. Right. And the the best worst foreshadowing ever. <laughs> it you tell yeah, you you go. You, you you go. What is it? Oh, what? That her boyfriend the spots the ring and is like Hey, is this another man's wed- engagement ring you have? And she's like, "Oh, it's just my my good luck charm. I guess I won't wear it while I shoot this scene." <sighs> and yeah. then the tank. Poor, cur- Al. Yeah. Poor Al is just like, "Yep, she sure is wearing another man's engagement ring. I hope if I'm just nice enough to her, <laughs> she'll stop being in love with someone else." And I'm gonna say, "You poor I- dick." Al's played by David Bryan, and he's not a well-known actor, like, in the least. I would say he is more my type than Victor Mature, uh, <laughs> and I kind of feel bad for him. It's like, oh, you're cute. so bad. You, you could do better, Dave. Yeah. I mean, you could at least find somebody who likes you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, she's got a film in this tank, which makes no sense, because there's a high dive into the tank and then swimming around in the tank, but it seems like they're only filming... The in the tank part. So I don't know Good what that point. high dive was for. I didn't for. think about that either. Good point. Uh, yeah, but whatever. There's, she's swimming around in a tank. The glass breaks. Oh my god, I never saw oh. it coming. <laughs> and did that happen to Annette Kellerman? Not that I could find. Yeah, I don't think so. No. This is contrived as hook. Nope. No. They they like I said, they should have had they should have they should in my okay, in my in my head canon movie. Mm-hmm. She's filming a daughter of the gods, which is the film that has her full frontal nude scene. And uh, Alfred sees that and storms out and leaves. And then, mm. and then uh, uh, Sullivan comes back and he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm a carny." Oh. And then they stay together. That'd that, be better for me. That's not dramatic enough, though. Now she's in the hospital and she might not walk again. Yes. Um, you know, being nearly paralyzed in like 1910s medical care mm-hmm. must have been terrifying. <laughs> mm, 
Now, what I found terrifying in this scene, honestly, is that, okay, it turns out Jimmy's been showing up at the hospital for two weeks. Yeah. And hasn't been able to see her. And then Alice, like, okay, you can come with me. And the doctor is leaving her room and they ask her, like, you know, what's what's her prognosis? And he's like, well, she might never walk again. And they're like, did you tell her? It's like the idea that the doctor would not tell the patient what her prognosis is, but would tell her fiance and some guy <laughs> is very upsetting to me. Diana, I love you outrage. <laughs> Well, she's a woman, so she doesn't understand words like spine. That's too technical. He did tell her, though. He did tell her. But he did tell her because she insisted, he said. Yeah, yeah. So that's she good. insisted. And then she's been in the, the hospital for two weeks. She has this terrible spinal cord hematoma. She's had surgery. But her makeup and hair <laughs> are flawless because she's a pro. Well, I mean... <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Magnificent Obsession? Oh, yes. Oh, we talked about that, too. Uh, oh, going my. back to movies that end with somebody in a hospital who's going to be okay. Yeah. And uh, Jane, that's Jane Wyman, right? Yeah. Gorgeous, nearly dead patient. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Right. Uh, and she's blind. I don't know who put that makeup on her. <laughs> she did a great all- job. It's all muscle memory. <laughs> I see oh, women, but she's so sad. She says, oh. I see women put on makeup in the train here. Oh, yeah. There's some people that they're just, they're pros. I can't do it. Uh, eyeliner. Ever. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's also earthquakes here. I mean, come on. <laughs> there was one today. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right before this podcast. I'm oh, up. dear. Uh, okay, good. So, yeah. So, he just goes in the room then. Like, mm-hmm. like. And it's like, well, I love you, you know, so, hey. And then Alfred's like, "Uh, well, you love my fiance. Here's your ring. I'm going to go drink. He doesn't say Mm -hmm. that part, but I'm I'm imagining he's thinking it. Yep. By the way, we have, by the way, we have Rin Tin Tin, the end. Yeah. Well, and here's where where my feminist rage really starts coming out. because Rin Tin Tin? No, just kidding. Yes. Actually, because of Rin Tin Tin. Oh, okay. No. No, but it, because like his whole thing was like, oh no, uh, I'm just selling these Indian blankets on this train for no reason. I'm actually going to Hollywood to make a movie with this with a dog, and you're like, okay. And then when she's still in the hospital, it turns out he has made the movie, and that dog was Rin Tin Tin, and Rin Tin Tin was a crazy famous dog, so it's all going to work out. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. this is not the story of how of Rin Tin Tin. We're off by like at least ten years, but. <laughs> Yes. What yes, pisses yes. me off as an angry feminist is like, oh, now they can be together because she's at her lowest and he is succeeding. That's a but good when point. She, when she was succeeding and he was at his lowest, he buggered off and tried to crash himself with a plane to prove himself a man, I suppose. But now she might not walk again, but she's got a man, so it's okay. That's Fuck that you, whole- <laughs> And maybe it's because we're alive in 2022. Maybe it's because I'm a gay man. I have never understood the idea of like a man being upset that his wife, girlfriend makes more money than him. Never gotten it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like I always tell, I, I've made this joke on this podcast. 
you know, what do you call what do you call an older man that has money? A sugar daddy. What do you call a younger lover that has money? A keeper. <laughs> and like sorry. But like <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong? I don't I don't the times have changed so much. We I just don't get it. Yeah. You know, it's it's so strange. And as that pissed you off as a feminist, and I get it and I agree, it pissed me off as a film historian because I knew when Rin Tin Tin was popular, <laughs> goddammit. I knew it didn't line up. And I knew that this jag off had nothing to do with Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> like, oh, I was so angry. Poor, and, and, and what is Rin Tin Tin to get his own biopic? Yeah, I, I was Tintin reading was, up on it. I was like, oh, he's born during World War One and smuggled back with soldiers. And like, oh, yes. shit. That's and exciting. Also, Rin Tin Tin was very popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Lassie. <laughs> Benji ain't got, so maybe Benji is pretty close. Um, mm. But Rin Tin Tin's in, in more movies. Um, but Benji was in a movie with Chevy Chase. So, hey, you know. They each have their, their high points and low points. But yes, the end, everyone's happy except uh, Alfred, because fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, but, you know, I mean, they have a nice callback. They start playing Let Me Call You Sweetheart, which was playing like early on when they first met. And and she's it's not just, oh, we're hugging, kissing, we're happy. Like she looks off into the ocean, you know, inspirationally like, damn it, I'll swim again. And like, I will give him uh, like uh, Jimmy's a shitty character, but I'll give him the credit of him being like, Dude, you you wore braces on your legs as a kid. You've done this before. You can do this again. You're gonna yeah, kick his ass. Nice. It's like, yeah, that's right. Be supportive, yeah. you dick. <laughs> she is more talented, but more attractive, smarter, and more successful than you. You better be, be better be supportive. I don't care how you know. Yeah. Fuck your dog. I, yeah. <laughs> it is when you say it like that. Yeah, this film's more problematic than I, re- than I remember. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. This is extremely standard for movies of the time, too. The- things have to revert to a very heteronormative men-in-charge kind of situation. There's no other way to do it. Speaking yes. of Doris Day, there is a, mo- a Western she made where at the end she celebrates losing the right to vote. Wait, this what happens. is what is that movie called? That is the Ballad of Josie, and I, even that is she one said of the it was only, terrible. Yeah, that is one of two leading Doris Day films I haven't seen. Yeah, even she said it was fucking awful. Uh, okay, but okay. yes, it's, she celebrates. I'm so glad I lost the right to vote, but at least Wyoming can be a state now. Hooray! Or the five people who live there. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, that's I'm... how things have to go, especially in the 50s, is everything mm-hmm. has to be normal with the white guy yes. in charge. And, and, and everyone the, else the, is happy about it. And the Doris Day from I forgot the name of was, was Young at Heart. And in Young uh, at Heart, uh, she, Frank Sinatra wants to leave her because he's not successful. Uh, this shit you know, again. You know, and he's like, I'm, and he goes to kill himself. <laughs> Uh, he's the most fucked up, you know. She that movie's weird. Anyway, another another podcast. But yeah, mm. you know, this movie is a product of its time with its tropes and its casual racism and <laughs> silliness. But I, 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 I kind of love it. 
Um, Again, there is nothing, nothing that looks like the the 15 minutes of dancing in this movie, underwater, (laughs) underwater, underwater uh, dance choreography is just the craziest. (laughs) It's just so bizarre. Yeah. And And it's like, you could just look them up on YouTube, but I feel like it's funnier. It's a lot funnier in context where it's just like, we're we're going from like, Oh no, my dad died to, Oh, I don't know if I want to marry you to all of a sudden water slides, trapezes and and dudes in diapers and flags (laughs) and swimming and jumping. And you're like, what happened? They do kind of look like swim diapers. Uh, Yeah. I, I love that. So right before she, so like when when she's going to stop Sullivan from flying, she says, "I have a number to do. I'll be right back." And it's that number. <laughs> <laughs> it is like the giant swings, men and men in swim diapers, people flying down ramps, cast of what looks like hundreds. Oh my god! Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, just I'll me, be right give back. Me ten give me ten minutes. Ten minutes. Give me ten minutes. Yeah, let the taxi <laughs> meter run. I'll be right back. <laughs> And hey, but but you know what you know what Sullivan says, wet you're terrific, which this also sounds. <laughs> oh, well, she's also in a film called Dangerous When Wet. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know, going back to movies that sound like pornos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I I get if you want if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars for a Blu-ray for this movie. I get it. You're not mm-hmm. wrong. If you're gay, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> if you're gay and you don't own this, I, I, you're, I'm kicking you out of the next meeting. I'm so, well, game. I'm sorry. You, you have. I, I have. I, I've complained about before. I have a lot of younger gay coworkers, and this shit they like, and this shit I like is so different. And like, yeah. one of them didn't even know who Shale was. <gasps> oh. I know. Okay, oh, so that's not okay. See, I would no. say you can't you can't kick someone out of, of being gay for not liking this. I feel like this is advanced gay. This is a <laughs> you know, this is vintage gay. Okay. Not knowing who Cher is, if you're older than five years old, <laughs> I I don't even know what to say. He likes I, Britney more than Madonna, like just well, oh, that's an age thing. I bet I well, could. Yeah, but you're, still, but you're still wrong. God damn it! You're, you're um, still wrong. But yes. I understand how you got there. But not knowing who Cher is, you like that, it too much. No, yes. that, I, and, I, and, I, and, and Esther if Williams. If someone said not, that to me, I'm a straight woman. But if someone said that to me, I'd probably headbutt them like immediately. Just like <laughs> I wouldn't be able to stop myself. Like how dare you? <laughs> you go to headbutt. That's good. <laughs> you wouldn't punch him. You wouldn't slap him. Like yo, boom. No, I have to hit them with my entire body. <laughs> Just like how 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 could you? How could you? And how I guess you? Williams. I guess one thing that makes Esther Williams not a golden ho- golden age of Hollywood gay icon is that you can't do an underwater drag show. <laughs> <laughs> She's not Joan Crawford. She's not. Judy Garland, she's not yeah. like Anna Turner. Like her, her stick is very narrow. I would yeah. kill for an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race in which <gasps> they have to do an underwater drag show. Somebody email her. <laughs> uh, so I do get it, but still, 
I this movie is so bizarre. It it and it was a mainstream. It was a huge, huge hit. It made mm-hmm. two million dollars in nineteen fifty two money. It was nominated for Oscars. Um, <laughs> critics loved it. Uh, I, I found one great quote that there's no name on the reviewer. He says it had some of the most resplendent water spectacles ever conceived for a motion picture. Uh, I yep. also love resplendent I also love, is a resplend- great word. Resplendent is yeah. a fantastic word. I also love this review from a guy named Phil Barney in the Tampa Bay Tribune in what is a very positive review. This is what he says about Esther Williams. Esther also wears some other one-piece costumes reaching from neck to toe, much more attractive than the usual old-time bathing dresses, and several more modern suits. She's a good actress, too. (laughs) And that's, like, in a glowing review. So, again, Uh. I... I feel like I started this podcast to shine light on the types of films they don't make anymore. This is a prime example. And I feel like people, I wish it was streaming more available in a better quality, just so people could see that movies used to be really, really weird. Yes. (laughs) I fully agree with that. Movies used to be weird. Yes. And And very, just, wonderfully weird it's just just the whole idea of yeah let's make a biopic about this girl who's good at swimming then she became famous for swimming on the stage (laughs) what okay sure it's like she's she's on the marquee with like john philip sousa and you're like okay that's a hell of a night of entertainment sure old times were weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) old times were weird and diana i think I think we'll sum it up there. Uh, thank, you. thank you so much for doing this. Uh, when and people people listening to this, I'm gonna be. I mean, you have the more popular podcast than me, but in case people don't know oh. it, uh, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me uh, every single week on Thirty Twenty Ten, where we talk about uh, movies, music, TV of thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago. Or uh, and you can follow that on Twitter at. Uh, 302010 podcast or follow me personally at listenanerd l-e-c-i-n-e-n-e-r-d i've been listening to 302010 more often i just listened to the one where you guys talked about i believe gold member oh dear (laughs) and i really enjoyed the deep dive because i hated austin powers when it came out and Mm -hmm. i'm glad to see that i'm the only one who thinks those films have not aged well uh so yeah thank you thank you yeah we've got August was really strange. Like we just had a lot of really <laughs> weird movies and some of them were like good weird movies. And and now that we're getting into the fall, it's just like nonstop bangers where, especially in 92 where it's like every week was like, Oh my God, I get to talk about that. And it might just be like the mighty ducks or it might be reservoir dogs. Like, okay. <laughs> tomato, uh, tomato. Anyway. Yeah. And- as usual, you can find me online as Lost Turntable on Twitter and YouTube and other places, I think, and on my other podcast, Alexander's Ragtime Band, a podcast about progressive rock music. And again, you can listen to me and Diana also on Retronauts this month talking about The Warriors, a better film than uh, I'm gonna <laughs> but, yes. you know, kind of apples to oranges. But <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of Cinema Olivia. I'll be back again in two weeks. Until then, take care. Bye.